We'll be talking over the next couple of weeks about getting uh, ready for company, you know, getting ready for guests. I don't know about uh, you, but if I know you're coming over, I'm going to pick up, right? Uh, that that kind of ties in with that uh, dirty closet sermon I gave a few months ago, right, where we tuck it all back in our closet. But but when you know somebody's coming, company's coming, you, you do some things to get ready for them. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about what we do to get ready for company, for guests, for new people to arrive among us and get our hearts and mind and our space ready for visitors. And there's probably no story in the Old Testament that kind of talks about what happens to a community, what happens to people when they are intentional about hospitality, about making room for strangers, than this story coming out of the book of Genesis. It's right there in the 18th chapter, and Julie's going to help me plug through this on the screen. Julie, help me out here. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Marme while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance to his tent to meet them, bowed down low to the ground. And he said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three measures, three measures of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. Where is your wife Sarah, they asked. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed which is a good response to do. And typical of the New Testament, it takes that whole um, chapter, boils it down to just a couple of sentences for us from the book of Hebrews. Do not forget to show hospitalities to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we simply ask that you use your word to get into our life and rearrange the furniture, to move out the clutter, to put a fresh coat of paint on our perspective. God, use Your Word to move us today. We ask it in Your name. Amen. There's a legend about a man who lost so badly in Las Vegas that he didn't even have a quarter to use the coin-operated restroom door. 
He asked around and begged around until finally somebody loaned him the quarter. But upon entering the restroom, he found that the previous occupant had left the door open. Newfound fortune, he took that one quarter and went out and put it in the machine and pulled the handle. And of course, it hit the jackpot, which led to another jackpot, which led to another. And finally, he had won back all the money he lost, saving his house, his business, and his marriage. And having learned his lesson completely, swore off gambling forever, hightailed it back home, and decided never to mess around with that again. Years later, now this man, a very successful um, executive, hired a private detective to find the person who helped him out when he was most desperate. The detective went out, looked around, until he finally found the man who loaned him the quarter. But this reformed gambler was not satisfied. He said, no, 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 you don't get it. I'm not looking for the man who gave me the quarter. I'm looking for the man who left the door open. You see, the open door makes all the difference in the world. And if you don't believe me, ask Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah. I don't think there is a story in the Old Testament that I like better than the story of Abraham and Sarah. They are the mother and father of our faith. And you know their story. Don't you let me remind you. Abraham and Sarah were minding their own business one day when the Lord came to them and said, look, look at those hills out there. One day it's coming and it's coming soon that those hills will be full of your descendants. They will be filled with your family. All of those hills. Pretty lofty claim for a couple that had no children and were already in their 60s. Anybody in their 60s out there? What if God came and told you you're going to have a baby? You ready for that, Linda? Linda's looking like she's ready. No. Just be quiet, Pastor. Don't wish that on me this morning. An amazing promise. Crazy promise. A radical promise. Despite what it looked like, God said, I am going to do this in you. You have a future that you may not see. And despite what it looks like, I am going to do that. And so they believed. They trusted. They trusted God despite the evidence. Month after month, year after year, decade after decade, they waited, they waited, they believed, and nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. And as today's story opens, we might be wondering if maybe for the first time Abraham and Sarah were wondering if God was ever going to make good on God's promise. The promise of a legacy. 
the promise of a future. But hey, you can't blame them. Abraham was now 99 and Sarah was 90. Anybody getting close to 90 out there? Ready to have a baby, Frank? It's an absurd promise. An absurd story that after your best days are behind you, that God can still come and say, I've got something new coming your way. But here, as we open that story today, you've got to wonder, did Abraham and Sarah still believe? And you couldn't blame them if they didn't. I mean, Abraham probably spent most of his days now dozing. He sometimes would close his eyes and he would open them and he'd see trees floating in the heats, the waves of heat. Sometimes he'd reach and grab the old water skin sitting next to him. And, but most of the times he just would close his eyes and he would dream. And so it would happen that one afternoon... Abraham would open that eyes and it wasn't trees that he saw in the distance, but people, three people, three strangers coming towards him. You know, when you're confronted by a stranger, you've got three choices, privacy, charity, hospitality. We can choose privacy, keep to ourselves, letting the stranger pass on by. We can choose charity, giving something, anything really, spare change, a glass of water, maybe even a donation to their kids' school or to their scout troop, and then kindly send them on their way. Or you can offer Hospitality. You can invite them in. You can make room in your heart and room in your home for strangers to be received and welcomed. So when Abraham opened his eyes that afternoon and saw these three strangers coming towards him, he could have put his hand up and chose privacy. He could have given a hand out and chose charity, but he opened his hand and offered hospitality. You heard the story. Abraham and Sarah opened their doors, opened their home, opened their hearts to these travelers. He jumped up and said, Hey, come on in. Stay a while. Rest a while. Let me get some water for you. Let me wash your feet. Some bread for your belly and some pillows for your head. And as these strangers came into their house and made themselves comfortable, Abe went to Sarah and said, get the kitchen going. My friend Ed Rowe, he's a pastor at Central United Methodist Church, and his wife Nida comes to church every Sunday, checks the bulletin to see if Ed has planned any lunches at their house that afternoon. I try not to do that to you very often. 
So what did he do then? Abraham ran out to the herd, right? And the Scripture said he picked the best calf for the meal. He got his family up from their afternoon nap. And when he returned to his guests, he spread goat skins underneath the oak tree and laid out the cakes and the meat and the curds and the milk and prepared a feast for the strangers that had showed up on their doorstep. And that's when the entire story changes. Not just that story, but I argue to you, the entire Scripture changes from Genesis 18 on to the end of Revelation. The inviting of these guests into this home sets in motion a story of faith that simply will not be stopped. That single act of hospitality alters the life of Abraham and Sarah forever. Don't forget their mindset. It had been 30 years since God dared to whisper the promise of a legacy beyond their living years. And truth be told, this promise was crazy 30 years ago, and today it seemed absolutely absurd. But now, now these strangers walk in and say, I know what it looks like. But let me tell you, God's about to do something. Because you see, that's what happens when you allow strangers into your lives. Because strangers don't see things the way you see things. They've got new eyes. So these strangers walk into Abraham and Sarah and say, I can see that God's about to do something in your life. They gotten so used to living the way they had, they couldn't even see the possibility anymore. But these new people walk in and say, wow, if this is the way you treat strangers, God is going to do something with you. You know, newcomers see possibilities beyond the same old, same old. Strangers can walk in and say to a 90-year-old couple, hey, God's got something new for you. And that's exactly what happened when Abraham and Sarah chose hospitality. Suddenly they realized they weren't entertaining strangers. They were entertaining angels. And what are angels? Angels are God's messengers. Do you see what happened in that story, right? After the dinner was over, the stranger said, Where is Sarah? In the tent, Abraham said. And then the stranger said, When I come back this spring, your wife, your 90-year-old wife, will be nursing a child. You will have a new future. Something different than you'd known out before. And can you imagine what Abraham felt in that moment. Sick to his stomach, right? <laughs> the hair on the back of his neck began to tingle. Suddenly this wasn't mere dinner conversation anymore. It was intimate and dangerous. Did these strangers know something they didn't? Did these visitors see something they could not or would not? Did these newcomers sense the movement of God in a way that the rest of us have 
ruled out. Listening in the other room, Sarah laughed. She was just like, you bet she did. I'm almost 35, and if you came home and told me that, I would do more than laugh, she's saying. (laughs) She couldn't hold it in. A future. After they thought their best years were behind them. She laughed out loud. She laughed because it was a ridiculous claim. She laughed because these newcomers dared to speak of something they no longer thought possible. She laughed because these strangers in their midst saw joy. When they had only seen impossibility, she laughed because these angels knew something about God that they had forgotten. Some say that hospitality is a lost art today. Episcopal priest and pastoral counselor Dr. Jill McNish contends. We live in a time when it sometimes seems that everyone is presumed to be a terrorist until proven otherwise with multiple forms of identification. Many of us can drive into an attached garage with an automatic door opener. We can retreat into the safety of our locked homes. We can have no interaction with our neighbors. But Hebrews tells us that when you welcome a stranger, you welcome angels. So along with our crowded calendars, the frantic pace of the life we live, in light of all of this, it seems imperative that the church, at least, needs to be the one place in the community where hospitality is practiced. Abraham models true hospitality. Notice this event wasn't planned and it wasn't convenient. The guests arrive unannounced. At the worst possible time of day, when the kitchen is shut down and nothing is readily available. And note how Abraham serves. He serves with humility. He's secure in who he is. Having been blessed by God, he is now free to bless others as if they are truly angels in his midst. He treats these men for this moment as if they were the center of his universe. He draws his whole family in. And sets his household into operation. The notice is generosity. He handpicks the best of what he has. And gives the most meticulous preparation and presentation. This isn't fast food lane. This is the kind of fare served at the wedding of a prized daughter. And here it is given away to strangers. I saw it this week. Chris Maisie came in the other morning and made her mom's famous egg strata for 30 strangers. We could have served them powdered eggs and they wouldn't have complained. Home cooking made all the difference in the world this week. You see, the important thing is what Abraham doesn't realize. In treating strangers like God, in treating strangers like God, like the divine in our midst, he would get a promise. God turns the tables 
on those who offer hospitality. And this is why the letter of the Hebrews writes to the Christians to be hospitable to strangers. Because when you offer that kind of hospitality, you invite God right in to the center of your life. We've almost got a year together under our belt now. You and me. And I'm here to tell you that I believe God has Redford Aldersgate poised for good things. For big things. And it begins, I believe, by getting our space ready for visitors. By getting our house in order. By making this a place of hospitality. A place that is warm and welcoming and friendly and caring. A place where strangers can become friends and friends can become family. But you see, that doesn't just happen. Hospitality is a choice. So here's what I want to say. If Redford Aldersgate wants to be known for anything, let us be known as a house of hospitality. Let us be known as a place where every single person who walks through the door is recognized, is welcomed, is invited, is listened to, is cared for and connected. A place that takes special notice of its visitors and makes sure that they know that they are Welcome. So let me say this to anybody who's new among us. And don't worry, I am too. We're glad that you're here. We are really glad that you're here. You are welcome here. You are a messenger from God to us. You bring us a fresh perspective, a new way of looking at things. You will remind us that nothing is impossible for the Lord. If you are visiting, then let me extend an invitation to you to stay as long as you like. And if you feel called, make this place your home. You are welcome here. And for those of you who already call this place home, then let me issue you this challenge. More than anything else, let us be attentive to the angels, to the strangers, to the travelers, to the seekers, to the newcomers that God brings into our midst. Do me a favor, when you walk in each and every Sunday, find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself. I know the fear. I know the fears. You're going to walk up to somebody and say, hey, you're new. And they say, I've been going here longer than you. (laughs) And you know what? We're all just going to get over that here. Because if you don't know somebody, you just made a new friend. It's everybody's responsibility. If you're sitting by somebody you don't know, you reach out and you say, hey, I don't know you. Let me introduce myself to you. And most importantly, let me just tell you, I'm glad that you're here. Learn people's names. Listen to their stories. Make plans to see each other outside the walls of this building. As we begin this new ministry year, may the first two lines of the 13th chapter of Hebrews be our guide 
Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. And do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some of you will have entertained angels and you will have never known it. I believe this morning there are angels among us. Maybe you're sitting next to one right now. Wondering what to do. <laughs> you checking to see if Edith's an angel? We already know the answer to that. Um, check to see if there's an angel sitting next to you this morning and wondering what you do. You just got to decide to leave the door open. Leave the door open. Up here is going to be a little bit of a video that will show you what happens when you leave the door open. And I'd like to thank this um, church, the pastors, and all the members because I came in. The, um, I came here this week sick, and um, I wasn't able to get my um, medication. And the lady named Dawn, when the staff, she went um, out her way. She found a 24-hour um, CVS because I was crying all the time I was here and I wasn't participating. And I wanted to um, thank God for a member of a church to be like her because um, a lot of church members are not like this. And i like to thank everyone here because, you know, this was like a very memorable time for me. You know, I've only been in this predicament as far as... Um, dealing with homelessness for a few weeks, and I see opportunity to uh, get out. As a matter of fact, I'm leaving tomorrow. But what, what I gathered from being here was such a beautiful thing all week, you know. Even though you guys didn't have any showers, <laughs> um, I, I, I had a great time. It was a wonderful feeling, and I'm blessed to be a part of this. You know, I'm, I'm truly grateful for what God, what God has been really doing for me. He has... He has shown me how life is truly a, is is, and he's he, he has you know he's been a, truly a part in my life who's really has saved my life. did it this week. Do it next week and in the weeks to come. And we'll have more stories about how new people are finding their way into our midst. Leave the door open. Extend your hand. Open your hearts. Make room for angels. And with that, I simply invite you to find, uh, you don't have to find the hymn, just stand and let's sing that closing hymn together. I love to tell the story. Next week in the parlor, I'll have the whole talent show for you in the, on the um, screen. And you can come and watch the way, the way that those uh, guests of ours really found a home here. Friends, let's sing our ways out of here.